is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it is time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joey, 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 Joey for three. Yes. I couldn't understand any of that. You sounded like you were <laughs> drunk at a bar. <laughs> at 9.08 in the morning. You think I play for the Houston Rockets? What are you talking about? Boom, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. It's been a long morning, fellas. <laughs> Joe, we have so many questions. I'm curious. You seem to be piling up the te- the technical fouls a little higher right now. You're just cutting loose. You're just, you've been holding all this in all these years. You're just going to let it go. A tee during the game, and you dropped the big one during the post-game Zoom session. You're just cutting loose, Joe. I didn't drop anything. That, that, the post-game was a, an honest mistake. That was a... You did know, react that way. Why. Yeah, you did react that way. Oops. Um, I've never sworn in my life. <laughs> um, I swear you never sworn. <laughs> I swear I've never sworn. Um, I actually, I the possession. I, I actually, it sounds very stupid because it costs money. But I was trying to get a technical on the first possession because uh, I can't remember who the player was. Whoever it was drove down and smacked me in the face while while he had the ball, and I was the referee was right there, and I was like, "What are you like?" What are you looking at? You can't, like, you can't smack someone in the face. It's not UFC. We're playing basketball. <laughs> and I, so I, like, yelled at him all the way down the court as loud as I could. And I I didn't swear, but I used some uh, aggressive, aggressive tones. Um, and he didn't give me one. And then I... Few, like a few possessions or whatever it was later, I, all I said to him was like no, like nothing. I like, kind of laughed and said like something about the call and I didn't swear and he teamed me up for that. So I was like, I had forgotten about it. I got over it, but it is what it is. Do you know what you can get away with or can't get away with based on who the referee is? For sure. Um, and not necessarily like who they are or, or how they referee, but just, I mean, I don't know how their schedule works, but you, you obviously have some referees more than others. And um, I think in general, like in general life, you just kind of get along with some people better than others. And there's some guys I know that I can joke around with or maybe talk a bit more aggressively or ask a question kind of more to the point where some you have to like kind of beat around the bush to like get to the point you want to get to. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, a lot of general life. Like you, some guys I, I know well, and I think, and I think a part of them as well, like they have to know you. Even by now, it's the things and, 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's all part of the game. Renee just won't be able to uh, go shopping this week. <laughs> you're out of money. Okay, good one. <laughs> Dude, you're underpaid, man. 50% from three, renegotiate. <laughs> I know, where's Dennis? Get Dennis on the hobble. <laughs> This is ridiculous. <laughs> no, I'm very. Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing very well. I'm happy. Uh, I'm not going to complain about that part of loss. So uh, I'm curious as we see you talking, and now you know people are used to hearing you on the radio, and they know we've asked you about you know certain interactions you've had with fans or opposing players or uh, coaches or refs or whatever. And so I do get a pretty steady stream now. I've asked Joe about this or that, but the thing we've never talked about, and I'm curious about, is when you're yapping at other players, and it seemed like in Houston you were yapping at other players, hitting some threes early in the game. But I'm curious how often you started, and how often other people yap at you, and you're kind of and then you hit a three and you yap back at them. Are you starting all of this, or are there other guys who are, are talking to you and get the ball rolling? Um, I don't know what the percentage would be, but it would be close to probably like 50-50. Um, there's obviously um, no word of a lie that I don't mind talking and obviously having having fun with it and, and kind of enjoying it. And then, um, yeah, I mean, there's times that stuff comes to me and I'm like perfect exactly what I needed right now hmm. <laughs> um, like the other game a few weeks ago or whenever it was um, but yeah I mean as last night was a bit there I mean having I really wanted to talk to the bench the whole time because I wanted to yell at like Ghana and Dante and um, my Australian assistant coach is actually uh, on the front of the bench for Houston as well so there's a few guys over there I knew and um I wasn't really over on that side of the court too much, but um, yeah, a little like a little, probably a little bit, probably fifty-fifty. This three-point shooting obviously is impressive, and it's gotten better as you've been in the league now. I'm wondering, going back, because you were a professional for, what, eight, nine, ten years before you came to the NBA, were you known as a three-point shooter, or is this something you've developed since you've been in this league? Oh, uh, there's that question. It's taken a, a leap or strides or whatever. Um, I always felt, I've kind of said it before, like I always felt like I was kind of like good at everything, but I wasn't, I was never great at anything. Um, like I could shoot a little bit, but I was streaky. I could play pick and roll, but I was like turnover prone a little bit. I could play pick and roll and I could finish a little bit. Like my defense would be good and then it would be bad. Um, and I think part of the especially the offensive end in the NBA like I mean I've got my own coach like <laughs> I can call Brian Bailey now and say I want to go get shots up if I want and he'll come in and rebound for me in Europe or in the NBA when I was there like we had two maybe three coaches for 12 mm-hmm. to 15 players so that personal development or individual development is so much harder to do there because you it's just not the the, the amount of like numbers of, of coaches to be able to really do it. If you want to shoot pre or post game or pre or post practice, sorry, you are usually doing it with a group of guys. So you might have four of you there and you're all shooting. So you're getting 40 shots instead of 300. Um, so I think the, like the, just the consistency of me being able to go in and, and 
work on my game, and, and, and I think it's why you see so many NBA players develop and, and become, like some people say, so surprising, or they're so surprised that player X is so much better this year at, at whatever, finishing with his right hand. Well, like, he probably works on it every day with his coach. Like, it's, it's so much easier to, you know, obviously, if you're committed and, and, and want to get better, it's so much easier to, to do that when you've got someone you can call on at kind of any point, any time you want. Um, I did say to Bailey last night, we didn't land till we landed at like one thirty this morning, and I said to Bailey as we're getting off the plane, like 6 o'clock shooting tomorrow? And he was like, hell no. Nah. So <laughs> I, know, I know he won't come in that early, but he'll come in basically whenever I ask him. So I think, I think that honestly plays a, a massive part in it because you just get to, to really kind of hone in on things. That, I mean, we've talked about it every off-season. I've tried to do like add like one new thing to my package or one new – or get better at one thing that I wasn't good at last year that a team scouted for me and – they were floaters, they were the ball fake, they were shooting going right to my right, all, all those things. So, um, it makes it very easy when the convenience of, of coaches and facilities and all that are, are so accessible. Joe Ingles joined us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. So Mike Conley in his post-game Zoom session was asked about uh, your production going up when either Mike was out of the lineup or Donovan was, and then going down if both those guys were back. And he kind of giggled and said, Joe and I were just talking about that. And you're giggling now just like he was. <laughs> yeah, we uh Mike and I have a bit of a, I don't even know what you call it, but we would joke about the fact that, <laughs> like, if he was out, I would play well, or if I was out, he would play really well, but we couldn't, like, we were never great or hadn't been, like, like we would play better, obviously, like, when one of the guys, when each other was out, but then when we were both in, we just couldn't make it. I wouldn't say we were playing, we were playing bad or anything like that, but not to the level that we were. And it's, I mean, some of it's very obvious, like, Mike's our starting point guard and has the ball more, and when he's out, I have the ball, like, there's, some very obvious things, but we've actually made a, and, and it's not as effective as we can when we're both out there. And I think we both realize at different times of the games that we can both handle and off the ball, he can get me off the ball. We can obviously both space the floor for each other. And um, the last few games we've, we were we were laughing about it because we were kind of saying like oh fi- like finally we were both out there and we were both able to be um, both able to play well and obviously we won and um, I mean the obvious, the obvious fact is we've got to throw Donovan back in too so <laughs> um, but no it's just a, it, it was a bit of fun um, it obviously shows with our record that neither of us have to be superstars at the same time what one of us can not play as well as the other we've got so many weapons so yeah just a bit of a a running joke between uh myself and mike so last time we talked to you joe the jess has some big news with bringing Dwayne wade aboard on that there's uh multiple uh, minority owners including one from your own country what do you think this means to the jazz to bring somebody like a Dwayne wade in as at least a somewhat of a part ownership I mean, it's it's 
massive, I think. I think um, for him, uh, I think he said it to the media or someone had asked him about it or whatever it was. But, I mean, if he wanted to go and buy into basically any team, I think basically any team would have taken him. There's no question that um, if, a, if a guy of, of, of that stature and what he's done in his career and the, the presence that he brings... Um, it was funny, Elijah Hughes, our young guy, was like, I can't believe like, he was one of my favourite players growing up and now he's, like, quote-unquote, really, like, paying his bills to a certain extent. He's paying his salary for a part or part of his salary, however, whatever much uh, he, he bought in for, which is it's pretty crazy because, I mean, I even, to, like, when I first got in the league, I was playing against him. Like, we, we got to play against this guy and, However long later, you want to say a couple of years later, he's, I think he re- retired two years ago now. Mm-hmm. This is his yeah. second year. Um, he's part owner of an, of an NBA team who just got sold for a very uh, big number. So um, I, I think it's awesome for our organization. I think it's awesome for, for, for Salt Lake City and Utah itself. Um, the, the off-court stuff with the, the social justice and the, everything that Ryan Smith is talked about wanting to do and, and all that Dwayne Wade uh, a massive advocate for all of those things as well so I think that brings a, a another um, another voice and, and all that from a, a very high level but I, um, I mean I, if you think about it I don't think there's like you can't even you couldn't even mention it a negative about it so um, yeah it was really cool to, to kind of see him and hang out with him for the, the couple of days he was here and um Obviously, we'll be, be seeing him a lot more. I think he's based in LA now, um, so we'll, he's right around the corner, and uh, we'll, we'll be seeing him a lot more. So it's exciting for, for for all of us. So does he come to practice? Does he hang out in the locker room on game nights? I mean, it's a very small sample size, and I get that. But how how much were you interacting with him in the in the last week? Yeah, well, I think we we saw him. Um, or Ryan announced it to us the day, a few days, whatever, a few days before that. that it was happening um, just so that we didn't have to read about it from uh, your Twitter account with 35 followers. Um, then uh, he obviously came to that, whichever game it was, the Indiana game, I think it was. Um, yeah. So he was obviously around the locker room a little bit, um, was in the, the post-game meeting. Um, so he was around. Guys were able to talk to him. He was he was very accessible to, to questions and, and all that. I... I do have some some questions for him at some point when we get a minute. So it'll be, um, yeah. I mean, I feel like regardless of who you are, where you are, I think he'll be as as accessible as he can in in terms of questions and media and and doing all that. He, he's done it his his basically his whole life. So I don't think that'll change. So it's a, like I said, it's a it's a really cool um, thing for us all to to have and to be able to use in terms of, of what he's been through. He's, I mean, he's a, he's a champion. He's, he's one of the highest levels. So it's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's exciting times. 
And a lot of it was, though, from the jazz fan perspective, and that's who we talk to every day. It's like, oh, here's an African-American who's going to help us bring in African-Americans because Salt Lake is viewed as a place where they're not comfortable and they not would not want to be interested in. And I've always thought about, yeah, I've always questioned that because we've been here, we've been doing the show for almost 20 years, and we've a lot of former players have come back and they're African-Americans and say they loved it here. Carlos Boozer, who didn't leave on the best terms, says that he liked it here and it was a good place. So I always felt like that was overblown. Now that you've been here for a good long while and been a real important part of the community, and you're obviously you're a Caucasian guy, but what's your perspective as far as what you see as far as do they need somebody like Dwayne Wade to help them get black players in, or is this place already so, a place where they would want to be? Um, I mean, I was, it's funny because I, and I've said this before to you guys, I think like I, I never even knew where Salt Lake was. Like when right. I was on the plane going to the Clippers um, or from the Clippers to LA to, to Salt Lake, oh, I had to look up like how long my flight was, where I was flying. I, I just didn't, growing up in Australia, it wasn't a destination that I thought I would ever, it's like the LA is New York, Chicago, the, the biggest cities and, um, since obviously since being here, I think, uh, and uh, I mean, I think it's fairly well. Like originally, when I got seven years ago, when I got here, it, it was it was viewed difficult or hard or whatever the reasoning was to get an African American player or a, a black athlete, whoever, whatever you, um, whatever you want to say. But like it was, it was more it was more difficult. I think people, I don't know especially early on, like, I don't know where that view came from. I don't know how it started. You know, maybe it started back in the day. Like, who knows? Um, that's probably a, a longer story to have. But I think as our teams got better and players have come, we've been we've out of crew. We, we obviously drafted some and drafted Donovan and, and guys like that. But Mike Conley didn't necessarily treat. We traded for him, but he he could have easily said he didn't want to come. Well, sounds like we just lost Joe right there, but I get where we were going with that. Doc will try to reconnect him there. Let me finish that thought. We were just about out of time with Joe anyway. And if, if Dwayne Wade can help break down, even if it's just a little bit of a barrier, see, it's I think, awesome. And I, see, I think that's where I think that's where it is. There's, and we've been over this on free agency. You know, everybody's situation is individual. To say, you know. Guys, group X, you know, African-American players who grew up in the U.S. And money matters, playing times matter, prior relationships with teammates or coaches matter. So you got to factor all that in. Joe, we lost you right there. You were just saying Mike Conley easily could not have come, and then it just dropped. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I think uh, you guys need to upgrade your phone service over there. <laughs> um, but no, I, and I, don't, I just don't think, I think you were kind of saying it then, maybe towards the end of that, but... It just wasn't a destination, I don't think, for, for the... I I was having a conversation with someone one time here, and they'd said that they... I can't remember who the player was, but it was an African-American player, and he went to do clinics and whatever, like junior jazz or whatever it was, out, out in, out in like, a little while out, and it was kids and, and adults and saying that they were... This guy was the first black person they'd seen in person. They'd watched a game before or, or TV or whatever, but it was the first... And he was, like, kind of caught back by it just because, like, obviously it's 
I think at some point for all of us, we've all <laughs> interacted in some way. So I think there was probably some, I don't even know if they're stereotypes or not, but some things about Salt Lake that, that people didn't want to come. And we've always said, like we've said as, as our family, Renee and I, and, and guys now talk about in our team, like once you get to Salt Lake, it's, I think it's very different to what you, people sometimes perceive from, from either not coming here or, or just visiting, um, living here seven years now. Like it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool place. It's a special place, but, um, yeah, I mean, if, if Dwayne Wade sitting on the phone to, to player whoever, and, and that helps us get someone, <laughs> I'll take it any day of the week. But, yeah. um, I think with, with what Ryan's doing and building, I don't think, um, regardless of, of skin color, race, anything like that, uh, religion, whatever it is, I think, uh, uh, I think Salt Lake's a, a place that, that guys would want to come to. Joe, as always, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again after your next technical foul. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure. I'm not getting another one. Renee wasn't too happy with me this morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Say, say hi to Renee and the kids for us. I, I shall. All right. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, guys. All right. There's Joe Ingles. He joins us every week here. Renee, tell him to dial it back on the technical fouls. I know. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. But it's, it's true what he says about, you know, it's, the league's so international, and depending on where you grow up, you know, well, why would you think about Salt Lake City? I mean, certainly for the international players, but even for the U.S. players, if you grow up on the East Coast, think how many towns back East that people in the West don't necessarily think about or go to or have any idea, you know, Pick a random city, you know. Have you ever, sure, have you ever I been understand to, all that. But when it's presented with the opportunity, uh, uh, and if Dwayne Wade can help you yep. realize that this is a great opportunity, that's all we're asking for is just have a shot, and then the player decides. Because if you have a shot, you're you're going to get some of them, and they're going to be happy here, like so many of them have. All right, coming up, Craig Bowler Jack is going to join us, and we'll talk uh, talk jazz with Bowler. He had the pleasure of uh, calling that blowout, and he, he might have a couple more in front of him. We'll have to see how that plays out. We'll talk with Bowler coming up next. Stay with us.